Okay, good morning one and all. Welcome to BBK. Let us turn to chapter 18. We will today well, begin with some revisions first. This chapter is, well, I think we will do page 209 in the old book. <coughs> 209 <coughs> in the old book. The new book is page 192. Alright, 192 in the new book. Now before we go further, let's turn to God in prayer. Our Father in heaven, we bow before you, giving you thanks for journey mercies to thy house, and above all, giving you thanks that you have set apart the day of all the days of the week, that we can come into your presence to worship you, to praise you, and to receive your word. Father, we come seeking cleansing and washing in the blood of our Saviour. Once again, be merciful, Lord, to forgive us of all our sins. And we do ask that you would teach us with your word and change our thinking, change our hearts, that we may live in ways that would truly please you. And Lord, we know that the words of men um, and the planning of men can never do anything to the heart of thy children. We pray that your Holy Spirit will descend upon each heart and work a work of grace. Be with the Chinese BBK as well. Lord, speak to us, for we desire to hear and to obey in Jesus' name. Amen. Alright, so this topic on giving, which rightly understood should be returning to the Lord. Remember, alright, one thing that we must change in our thinking from now onwards, every time you take out your offerings and put it into the bag, you must never think, I am giving this. I'm giving this. You must always remember, I'm returning this to God. Why? Actually, let me ask you why. Why must you always think you're returning? Benedict. Benedict. Because everything is given to us by God. That's one reason. Now, but God gave you, so it belongs to you. <laughs> God gave me, so now it's mine, right? When you talk to your children. But daddy, you gave it to me, now it's mine, alright? So how? What else? One, yes, you're right. We must remember God is the one who gave us all things. But after God gave it to us, how must we think? Alex? We don't own it. Alright, this is one thing in Christianity that puzzles many. God gave it to me, then it's for me to use, right? Why do you say return? Because we don't own it. How do you reconcile the two? How do you reconcile the two? Um, Shane, why does God give you anything? So that we can use it for Him. So remember, that word is called, Shane starts with S, like your name, it's called? Some people's name are also called that. <laughs> the, the question is, what is that word? God gave it to you for you to use it for Him. You're called a? Servant. Servant, okay. Alright. Steward. Steward. Some people's name are called steward. Alright, steward. So remember, we keep drawing this. God says, I own everything in the world including you, your life, right? I redeem you. Everything belongs to me. And God says, whatever I give to you, money, um, talents, time, 
etc. I give to you, I place it in your hands. I place it in your hands. I place it in your bank account to be used for my kingdom. So you're called a steward. Alright, so until the Christian come to a full and clear realization, whatever age you are, that whatever God puts in my hand still belongs to Him. He put it in my hand simply because He intended to use me as a steward. He did not intend to make money grow on the tree, from the ground, and, and so on and so forth. God intend to use His people as stewards. Alright, that is why we don't own it. It still belongs God says, all the cattle on the hill belongs to me. Everything in this world it belongs to me. So the Christian must be 100% changed in our thinking from now onwards. Then when we say, when you put your offering into the offering bag, you really are very sure in your, I'm returning. That's all, I'm returning. Alright, so I hope that changes your thinking from now onwards. Now, with that, you are now ready to hear the next part of what God says about returning. Okay? Let's turn to Malachi chapter 3. You know the verse very well. Malachi chapter 3. Alright, Malachi chapter 3. Now, can we read... From verses 6. Verses 6 to um, 12. 6 to 12, alright? Malachi 3, 6 to 12, reading. For I am the Lord, I change not. Therefore ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. Even from the days of your fathers are ye gone away from mine ordinances, and have not kept them. Return unto me, and I will return unto you, said the Lord of hosts. But ye said, Wherein shall we return? Will a man rob God? Yet ye have robbed me. But ye say, Wherein have we robbed thee? In tithes and offerings. Ye are cursed with a curse, for ye have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that they may be meat in mine house, and prove me now, herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven, and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, and he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground, neither shall your vine cast a fruit before the time in the field, saith the Lord of hosts. And all nations shall call you blessed, for ye shall be a delightsome land, saith the Lord of hosts. May God bless the reading of his word. Now here, you will notice this word twice. That word is called rob. Rob. God says, his people have robbed him. Now, robbed means this. Something doesn't belong to you. You take it and keep it for yourself, right? That's called robbery. Mm, robbery. God says, you rob me. Does God have a right 
to say, if you don't return the money, talent, time, everything, anything that I give you, when I call for it and you don't return it to me, can God says you rob me? Until you understand, God says everything belongs to me. And the fact that you can work and you have a job, I give it to you. And God says, I gave it to you because I intend you to be a steward of those things. And therefore, because this belongs to me and you're supposed to use it for me, if you don't, God can say, you robbed me. Alright? Now, without this understanding first, you will say, how, how can God say, I robbed him? I worked, I saved money, I planned, these are mine. I worked very hard, I worked overtime and all that to save for my own use. How can God say, I robbed him? The fact that you have overtime, the fact that you even have a job, the fact that you have health to do it, God says it's because I gave it to you, because I intend you to have this to be used for me. So God says, you robbed me. So Christian, can you understand when I say, I'm returning, if I don't return, I'm robbing God. Can you understand that now? Because some Christians say, well, this is too difficult a doctrine to accept. I'm the one who worked very hard. Let's look at Malachi chapter 3. Now it says, even from the days of your fathers, there are those that continue to believe today that we Christians should not be told to give money. They give as they wish. You cannot enforce it. Then it comes this concept. Now please know verse 10. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse. Now this word comes in. Tithes. Tithes. God said, you robbed me of tithes. Um, a, Christ, uh, a, a visitor was asking me just last week or the week before, he said, is it true that Christian must give 10% of what they own, what they own, what they earn to the church. I say yes. I say because it is in the Bible, not because the church demands it. Because God says if you don't tithe, the word tithe means one-tenth, alright? If you don't tithe, you rob me. First, Christian, are you tithing? If you are not tithing, you are robbing God. Says who? Says the pastor who wants money for the church. No, says God. Says God. So please know that you are arguing with God. And it is serious. It is serious. When you understand that what I have belongs to God, and God says return one ten, it is your duty to return. You don't understand this part, you will hear, oh, tithing. And even Christians today in many churches say, don't preach and teach tithing. This is an Old Testament thing, huh? dispensational. Old Testament thing. But God says, since your fathers. Today the same, since our fathers. We are not tithing. We are robbing God. Now please look at verse 9. Please look at verse... Let, let's look at verse 8. Will a man rob God? That's quite a question, right? Will a man rob God? Like a bank look at you. A bank look at you and says, you dare to rob us? And you did rob us? A bank talking to you, alright? You robbed us! 
in your heart you'll be trembling. Oh yes, I robbed the bank. I robbed the, the bank. Now God says, will a man rob God? It's a very frightening thing when God asks you, will you rob me? You dare to rob me? It's just like a bank said, you dare to rob us? Now, verse 8. Yet you have robbed me. When you don't tithe, God says, you're robbing me. But you say, wherein we have robbed thee? God says, you rob me when you don't tithe. Let's be very clear about that. Even your tithe and offering. Tithe is one-tenth. Very simple. Phoebe, what is the rem after you give one-tenth, how, how much do you have still? How many upon ten? Nine. Very good. Even a child knows that. Even a child knows the remaining is nine-tenths. Right? This, God says, is compulsory. Compulsory. One-tenth, God says compulsory. This is called tithe. The rest is called offerings. How much you want to give out of this nine-tenth is called offering. Right? Love offering. Free will offering. Okay? Now, let us turn to... Do, um, well, you don't have to turn there. If you want, you can write down also God mentions your tithe and your love offerings in Deuteronomy chapter 12, verse 16. Alright, you will see in Deuteronomy 12, 6, sorry. Deuteronomy 12, 6, you will see the same thing. God talk about tithe and offerings. And the offerings, God says, is love offerings. Compulsory, this, free will out of love. Free will out of love. So minimally, the Christian, you must give of the compulsory. If you don't, God says, you rob me. You rob me. Now, in fact, we need to turn there. Alright, we need to turn there. Deuteronomy chapter 12, verse 6. Please understand concepts, Deuteronomy chapter 12. Okay, now it says, And thither ye shall bring your burnt offerings, which we don't need to offer burnt offerings, your sacrifices, which we don't today, your tithe and heave offerings, which we don't also, your vows and your free will offerings, and your free will offerings. Okay, so, now turn to Malachi chapter 3 again. Malachi chapter 3. And then let's look at verse 9. Let's look at verse 9. When you rob God by not tithing, verse 9, ye are cursed with a curse. Why? For, the reason, for. For means because. Because you have robbed me, even this whole nation. God says when you don't tithe, when you don't give offerings, Offering is God, God, I don't love you. <laughs> but tithe is very serious. He say, you are cursed with a curse. Do you believe that? 
And I've come across people sharing. I don't tithe. I never tithe. And over time, they realize one thing. Whatever they save, God takes it away. Have you experienced that? God says, I will curse you. Is it too much to say, well, God cursed me? If you rob a bank, and then the bank say, I will arrest you. Hiya, this bank, so, so unreasonable. Un until you really know all belongs to God and you don't tithe until you really realize that it's robbery then you understand why God says I will curse you now I've known of people who share they, they, they don't tithe secretly nobody knows but they ended up with with, with great sicknesses and their money in their bank got wiped out because of the illnesses he said, wow, this pastor used all these things to threaten us. Read further. Look at verse 11. Now God says, I will curse you, but when you tithe, I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. God says, I will rebuke pestilences, illnesses, anything that will devour your money. I will rebuke it. Stay away from my child. I've known of people who don't tithe and thieves break into their house and steal their money and property. I've known of people who don't tithe. Then the stock market crash and they become bankrupt. God says, I will not the let the devourer touch you. Next, verse 11. He will, he will not destroy the fruits of your ground. In other words, God is saying, I will let the devourer devour all the efforts in your life when I curse you. But if you tithe, you give your love offerings, I will make sure that the devourer will not destroy the fruits of your labor of your hand. Next, verse 11. Neither shall your vine cast a fruit before time in the field. Now, when you know when the fruits ripen too early wrong timing you can have a lot wow they're all ripening but they will all die because the conditions are such that they must ripen at the perfect timing god says i will let you see like wow i have a lot they're ripening suddenly when the weather comes to the right time it will all die now do you believe all this well look at verse 11 God finishes it by saying, Sayeth the pastor who threatens you. No. Sayeth the Lord of hosts. Sayeth the Lord of hosts. Lord of hosts speaks to us about God who commands armies to protect, to keep you. So God says, I'm the one who protect. I'm the one who keep. I'm the one who's been giving. Please know that. The Lord of hosts say that. So my friends, it is very foolish to think that I don't need to tithe. When you think that, you're saying it belongs, everything belongs to me. I'm not robbing God. There are pastors who actually write, 
cursed be pastors that say God will take away what you have when you don't tithe. There are pastors that, that, that rule with, by fear. Hmm? I read many articles. They actually say churches that teach if you don't tithe, God will take away your money. Don't be surprised by that. They rule by fear. Unless there's another way to read Malachi chapter 3, verse 9, you are cursed with a curse. And verse 12, if you don't, I'll do the opposite. I don't know how else to teach God's word. The church simply teach you what God says. It's between you and God. When I say it's between you and God, I'm not saying it's up to you, you want to do it or not. I'm warning you. <laughs> it's a warning. Because sometimes people say, oh, pastor say it's between me and God. Right? So someone, asked, someone told me, pastor, you say it's between me and God, what? So it's up to me, right? No, when I say it's between you and God, after showing you from the word, I say, then now you're accountable to God. You are accountable to God, not me anymore. I've done what I needed to do to tell you. So I want to be very clear, my friends. God says, the kettles on the hill belong to me. You don't give, don't think that the work of God will fail. God will curse you. Wow. Alright, so please remember that. No one can rob a bank and say the bank is unreasonable to say the bank say, I will deal with you. You took our money. Now, next. The next thing we must remember, therefore, is there is, what about the nine-tenth? The nine-tenth. Oh, before that, before that. Now, why one-tenth? Why one-tenth? Actually, why? Why? Uh, let's see who. Uh, okay. Uh, I see you. Why do you think God says one-tenth is compulsory? Why? God, why don't we make 10 tenths and then I just decide how much to give? Because there's no out of the 10 tenth, 1 tenth compulsory. Why? Okay, the trick is always look at the Bible. Don't look at me. The trick is always look at the Bible. <laughs> not trick. It is not the trick, it is always the right answer. Why? Okay, well, since I see is reading, I ask Ada. Say again. Hebrews 7.2. Okay, we can try that. Hebrews 7.2, what is it? Don't know it by heart. Hebrews chapter 7, verse 2. Okay, to whom also Abraham gave a tenth of all, first being interpretation, king of righteousness. Um, okay, yeah, here it just tells you that we must give, and just like Abraham gave one-tenth, we must give. Alright, you're right. But the question is, why does God say, out of ten-tenth, I will fix one part of it, and God chose one-tenth. One fixed part must be given to me. Why? Uh, Susan, quickly. Because that, that visitor also asked me, actually, why does church say you must give one tenth? I say, number one, because God commanded it. God commanded it. The second reason is, why did God command it? Besides, this belongs to me. Why? 
Susan, yes, sorry. Not sure, look at the Bible. Okay, last one. Young. To enjoy for ourselves. Okay, so God says, I want to set one part away, and the other part is for you to survive on. What are we survive for? On nine parts, God survived on one part. Yeah, something like that. Okay, the answer is in verse 10. How come, how come it's so straightforward? Always stare at the Bible, right? Let's read verse 10, just the first part. Just the first up to the first, the second comma. Let's read. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house. That is the reason. God says, bring the tithe, the one ten, that, the purpose clause, that there may be meat in mine house. God says, the purpose is for running my house. The purpose is for my house to have its provision the temple, right? The temple needs to operate. The temple needs to function. And God says, I don't intend money and, 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 um, and providences to grow from the tree outside the temple and the grass outside the temple. I don't intend that it's always the fish will bring money to you. You know the story, right? I intend it through you. And God says, my temple, my house, needs to function and I define one-tenth for its functioning. Alright? That is why God said one part is fixed. The church cannot operate if people say, well, God gave me, I'm keeping it for myself. God said minimum one-tenth for it to function. So understand why it is given. Why it's given. God intends to use you to provide for it. So if you don't give. Now, this is the other thing that we have to understand. When I first came to this church, I was quite shocked because offerings were very low. But I know there are many working people and it should not be so low. There can be only two reasons. One, people don't believe in tithing because they don't understand. They don't believe that all belongs to God and we're robbing God if we don't return. One, it could be people don't understand this. So we taught it. But the second thing I realized as I began to teach and I asked, people were tithing. They were tithing. I said, if, if you're tithing, then how come our tithing is so low? Do you know what was the reason? I tithe to another church. <laughs> I like the other church more. So I, I give my tithing to the other church. And when I travel, when I'm in Singapore, I just tithe to whatever church I go to. In the Old Testament, there was only one temple, correct? One place of worship in that sense. One tabernacle. So when they tithe, all goes to that tabernacle. In the New Testament, the church, the church is a local church. It's not like Israel is a nation, the tabernacle is there, everyone goes to Israel, correct? Now, in the New Testament, it's local churches. Wherever God puts you, wherever God puts you, that is now your local church. And when you tithe, 
because it is about the operation of God's word, correct? 110 is for the operation of God's work. Then where you are, where you benefit, where you use the facilities, where you're part of the activities, where you are, you tithe to where you worship. Understand that. So then people begin to, oh, oh, you mean I should tithe to my local church where I'm attending? I say yes, because it's for the operation. If not everyone tithes to elsewhere but keep coming here, I think we should turn off the aircon, turn off the lights, and don't build toilets because we have no money to maintain anything. All right, don't have any workers. So the tithing is to the local church. So you must understand it also means that when you travel, you should continue to tithe to the local church. So don't think, I'm traveling, I'm not a Christian anymore, I'm traveling, suddenly all the money belongs to me, I'm traveling, I don't need to tithe. Sometimes I do notice, when people travel, tithing in church decreases. When people return, it goes back to normal. What happened to the in-between? Either they tithe to another church still, or they say, when I'm holiday, I don't need to tithe. So please remember this thing. So before I travel, I tithe ahead because I don't want to forget. I don't want to owe God. I don't want to rob God. When you're tithing, you know, many people say, tithing, is it pre-tax or post-tax? What do you think, uh, those working people? Eugene, is it pre-tax or post-tax? Huh? Pre-tax. Why? Very good answer. God gave me everything. But God also said, Render unto Caesar what belongs to Caesar and unto God what belongs to God. Everything to belongs to God. God says, I give you this much. If Caesar says, and we should obey the country tax laws, then you pay. But still, everything belongs to God. You tithe based on pre-tax. Because of the principle. Now, if you, want, if you want to argue and everything, I don't want to argue with you. All I know for myself is, what if I'm wrong? What if post-tax is wrong? Then I suddenly became a robber. <laughs> I don't want to owe God. I don't want to rob God. I'd rather be safe. But I'm sure of the principle. It's not about being safe. This is the principle. Everything belongs to me. All right? So, this is what God says. It's for the operation, for the operation of the church. So, understand that. Understand that. Now, the next thing, so you understand this concept? And before I go further, I really need you to be clear about this. Everything belongs to God. God is using me as a steward. Therefore, if I don't return, it's robbery. And God says, I design that one-tenth of whatever I give you for operation of my temple. Okay, now the next thing is this. What about this? Is this giving? Or oh, let's, let's do this first. Offerings, offerings. Is there such a thing as offering in the Bible? That is separate from tithe. Here is already mentioned. Bring, you, bring in the tithe and the offerings. We read earlier on that is the love offering. So this nine tenths, all right? God is saying this. 
This for my operation gift. Now the nine tenths, the nine tenths belong to who? Uh, Phoebe, again, Phoebe. One tenth belongs to God. God gives you ten ten, right? So one ten belongs to God. The nine tenth belongs to who? To Phoebe or to God still? Still God. Alright, so if the adults don't understand, ask Phoebe. <laughs> Even Phoebe understands. If God gave everything, this nine tenth, God is not saying, alright, one tenth for for me and nine tenth for you to use for yourself. God is saying the rest of the nine tenth is also stewardship. I leave the nine tenth with you. Yes, use it for your survival, use it for what is the what are the necessities of life. But remember, you are still steward of the nine tenth. Don't look at the rest and say, I've tithed already, the rest I can use it the way I want it and whatever I want for myself. The nine tenth is still for God. It's still for God. Now, in fact, um, if you read, let's turn to page 210 in the old book, 192 in the new book. Now, there were testifiers. Testifiers. Alright? This, this man, Robert, Robert Letourneau, I hope I pronounce it rightly. Now, as a young Christian, he, he began to, he proposed to begin tithing when his financial position was better. Only when my financial position is better, then I tithe. Within a year, he was nearly bankrupt. Now, realizing his folly in withholding back from God, I would say in robbing God, he took the step in faith to tithe. Within a short time, God opened the windows of heaven and he became one of the biggest manufacturers of da-da-da-da-da. Now, instead of giving God one-tenth, he gave nine-tenths, keeping one-tenth for himself. If you think about it, if you're afraid, God, I don't want to rob you and I don't want to be a bad steward. I'm afraid. God, I tell you what, I give you nine-tenths. And then the rest of the problem is yours, God. I just need one-tenth for my survival. <laughs> because then, how I use this nine-tenth becomes the responsibility of the church. It's not my responsibility anymore. Alright? So we must understand, nine-tenth is... I'm not saying you must give nine-tenths. But what I'm saying is, you must understand the concept. <coughs> so, tithe and love, give. Now, is this giving continuing in the New Testament? Is it? Please turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 16. 1 Corinthians chapter 16. Where do we get this practice of continuing this giving? 1 Corinthians chapter 16 verse 2. Now let us read 1 Corinthians chapter 16 verse 2. In fact, we read, read verse, verses 1 and 2. Reading, <clears throat> Now concerning collection for the saints, as I've given order to the churches of Galatia, even so do ye. Upon the first day of the week, let every one of you, are you there, 1 Corinthians 16? Let every one of you lay by him in the store as God hath prospered him, and there be no gatherings when I come. What is Paul saying? Number one, Paul is saying, keep the tradition. Other churches do it. 
When do they do collections? First day of the week, right? That's why it is not collected at prayer meeting. Friday is love gift. But the first day of the week in the New Testament church, there is this practice of collection. Of collection. Alright, so it continues. Now, there are Christians who argue this, alright? Now, what if a Christian argue with you this? Alright, uh, okay. Uh, Hannah, alright? Hannah. The Christian argues with you. You know, your church teaches compulsory one-tenth. It is wrong. This is an Old Testament thing. Unless New Testament church don't need money to function. You know, unless it's growing outside on the tree. Now, is the, your church teaches one-tenth as compulsory. This is not. You know, the Christian should give, give out of love, not compulsion. Right? God loveth a cheerful giver. They quote many verses. God loves a cheerful giver. You should not force people to give one-tenth. People should be giving out of love. Out of love. How would you answer? You will even give more. Alright, so fine. You say out of love. How many tenths do you give? If you're, if you're giving out of love and you're not stingy, you really say all, are, all mine is, belongs to God, you're giving more than one-tenth. Do you need to argue about one-tenth? Do you have to keep telling people, tell people to give out of love, not one-tenth? Actually, most of those people who argue that, they don't want to even give one-tenth. We should give out of love. That way I feel like love, I feel very loving towards God. I give maybe 0.5 over 10. If you're giving, I think there is no argument. You just give, alright? But we know it's for the operation of the church. Now, next. Next. So now you understand that the Bible teaches one-tenth what it is for. Now let's turn back to Malachi, please. And please don't be a robber of God. You want to rob God? All the best to you. Now, um, back to Malachi chapter 3. Then God says this. Then God says this. Bring, verse 10, bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse that they may meet in my house and, and see, see. Now, God said, prove me herewith. By this, you prove me. By this, you prove me. Said the Lord of hosts. Again, he says that. If I will not open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there shall not be enough room to receive it. So he said, great. Now, this is also used by many churches to say, give to God. One dollar, when you give one dollar to God, and better still, if you give one dollar to God and also a dollar out of love specifically to, to the pastor, God will give you ten times more. Wow, it will pour out, no, pour into your bank account until you have, to, you have to open another bank account because too much. The bank said too much in one account. And people give, people give, people give. They give because they think this is going to benefit who? Me. That is why they give. Let me ask you, what is the meaning when God says, you give the tithing and you see whether I will not keep giving you and I will rebuke the devourer? What do you think this means? We come back next week and you think about it. When God says, I promise, 
I will open up windows of heaven. You will get more. What does God mean by that? Is it true? Think about this. So next week I'll ask you, huh? you think about it. Let's turn to God in prayer.